Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I'm joined by Sherelle McMillan. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Jerseymikes.com front slash order Order anything from your local area, Chapel Hill and Chatham County, Jersey Mike's. Get that Heels 15 code entered. Get your 15% off your order. Let's get that out of the way right fast. Sherelle, first game of the year is in the books. Carolina, I believe, favored by 10.5. Wins by 11 at Wofford, 78-67. The Terriers score a few late baskets to make it a little bit closer. But Sherelle, your overall take on the Tar Heels and their performance on day one. First off, how, how does Vegas always do it? It's just, it's incredible to me because there's so many factors that could impact how a game, you know, might end up. And there it is, North Carolina win by 11 and the spread was 10 and a half. So I always find that amusing. Um, as for North Carolina tonight, uh, you know, it's the first game of the season and I hate to call it workmanlike, but that's pretty much what it was. Um, we've noted throughout the off season that when you're integrating three guys who are going to play as much as we think Nasir Little Kobe White and uh, uh, Leaky Black are going to play, it's going to take some time, especially losing uh, Joel Berry and Theo Pinson, kind of the the trendsetters, I would say, for the team. So the fact that they were able to go into a hostile environment, um, you know, struggle offensively for a good bit of the game and still come out, you know, with a relatively comfortable win, I think speaks volumes to the talent of the team. I also think it shows that um, already, you know, you had 24 points from Luke May, 20 points from Garrison Brooks. So you're going to have about six or seven guys probably before the end of the season who scored 20 points in a game. So you can kind of start to see the beginnings of what will be their offensive firepower. Yeah, we will break it down a little more in depth. But when I looked at it and I saw the way Garrison Brooks came out of the blocks and then the way he played really throughout the night, he had a lull in the sec- in the first half but then came strong in the second half again, finished with 20 and five. Those rebounds need to be higher, but I think uh, the question, at least right now, can be answered as far as Rory Williams' preferred style of playing those two bigs. You get 44 out of your bigs, and Garrison Brooks being one of them, Luke May, of course, the other. That's that's Rory Williams' basketball right there, Sherelle. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from Brooks, but it, it was a Davidson team that, excuse me, it was a Watford team uh, that was pretty much overmatched inside. They had uh, Cameron Johnson who, or Cameron Jackson. I'm struggling. It's the first podcast of the year. It's going to happen. Yeah, man. Cameron, they had Cameron Jackson uh, who, you know, he had 10 points and nine rebounds and he was a big part of the uh, Wofford to win last year in Chapel Hill but I think Brooks did a, a much better job on him this year uh, but you know I, like I said it's the first game of the season so that is Roy Williams preferred style and Garrison Brooks had a great game but I still think that um, that quote-unquote small lineup will be the bread and butter of the team whether or not it starts or not I don't think matters but I think that's where North Carolina will win the majority of its games. Kobe White, three, and these are unofficial stats, to be honest. We don't have – we're trying to do this in a hurry to get you guys podcasts and Sherelle's breakdowns in a hurry. But Kobe White, three for nine, one for five from three. The three he did hit in the second half was a big one for North Carolina, sort of helped push it out a little bit. But your thoughts on him, you, you know, when I see him play, and I tweeted about it, just buckle up. 
because he's going to bring <laughs> some excitement and there's going to be some turbulence and, and he's just that type of player but I thought he really settled and played well at the end of the ball game yeah so funny story uh Ben Sherman editor of Inside Carolina we go up to the uh Bill Williams tournament every year and so I guess this was three years ago now uh North Carolina had really hadn't started recruiting Kobe yet. So we said, we're going to go check him out just in case, you know, they, they decide to make him a priority. So we walk into the game. He played for uh, CP three. This was a 16 and under game. Uh, we walk in the game and the very first play, Kobe gets a rebound, raises up the court and just like barrels into four people falls on the ground. We're not sure if he has like a spinal injury, if he has a concussion, what's going on. Um, but it's funny you say that because that was our first impression of him as well. And he hasn't changed how he's going to play, which is uh, super aggressive, always going towards the rim. So uh, Roy Williams talked about it, uh, I think last week at the press conference and after the exhibition game, that you're going to get some of that with Kobe. You're going to get him driving into the lane sometimes with nowhere to go. But you're also going to get plays like he had towards the end of the game where he draws contact and gets a layup. You know, it's just – it's what it's going to be with Kobe for a while. I do think uh, the four assists you have to like from him because one of the question marks people had entering the game was whether or not he could be a distributor. Um, a lot of people think he's a combo guard. So I think the four assists show that, you know, he can handle the point guard role it was a little rough there in the first half, but again, this is first college half of basketball in a very intimidating environment. Um, and then he ended up with eight points, you know, four assists unofficially, two rebounds and three turnovers. And, you know, it could have been a lot more uh, turnovers than three, but I think he got it together. Um, Seventh Woods did a great job in the second half uh, playing a lot of time and kind of letting Kobe sit on the bench and just kind of look at things and um, regroup and get himself together. Yeah, great point you make there. I mean, the game felt similar, and I have a hard time remembering last week, but it felt similar to the Wofford game last year. Carolina could never get a, a good working margin, and then Wofford got hot. It felt like that might happen again tonight, especially in their arena. Uh, but Seventh Woods came in and gave Carolina some solid play, allowing Kobe, like you mentioned, to see it and to watch it and to slow down a little bit. And then he enters as a different player. Just speak to seventh's play. And, and, and you know, he didn't play us a ton, uh, but I thought he was one of those things we've talked about. He was definitely a net positive. I believe he had two assists and two steals, only one turnover, didn't have but uh, two points. But that is the kind of uh, play that Roy Williams is going to need from him because Kobe, like we've already said, is going to be the the combustible one. Can seventh, in your opinion, and, and certainly not based off one game, but can he be a calming factor? Because that's not the way most folks have pictured seventh in his career. Well, you know, when you get older and, and you see a lot of things, uh, he unfortunately, like we said, he missed 17 games last year. So he had a lot of time to just sit and watch basketball. And maybe that had an impact of showing him, hey, you know, I don't have to go 97 miles an hour all the time. I can pick my spots. And um, I, I think net positive might end up being the pet phrase of the year on the postgame podcast. Because <laughs> that You started the, it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal. I mean, Dewey talked about it. That's the goal for um, some of the guys who likely won't start but will, you know, play some important minutes during the season. And, uh, you know, you look at the boss score, it isn't like seven did much. He had two points and – two assists, two steals, and one turnover. Um, but, you know, he settled things down. He played pretty good defense. He made a couple of really good decisions. He made a uh, 
And a couple of those good decisions were not forcing passes and maybe just make, doing something simpler. So I, I think that's that shows a learning curve already just through one game from what he might have tried to do in the past. Now, I still think that to reach the heights that North Carolina wants to reach, I think Kobe has the higher ceiling. But at least with seventh, you have a baseline for what he can do and what he can't do. And I think that uh, is why Roy Williams played him a good chunk of the second half because, you know, I think Kobe was a little excited and, and uh, seventh came in there and just calmed it down. I think Roy Williams wanted him to calm things down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to play that role, I think, this year. And it'll be interesting to see, like you said, see if he's matured, see if he's grown up, see if he can be that guy. Uh Let's talk a little bit about the rebounding. I know some folks on the message boards were worried about it. I felt like there were a lot of missed box outs, and that happens especially on long shots or three-point shots, and Wofford certainly shot a plenty of them. This box score shows 36 attempts, um, but they also had 13 offensive rebounds. I would think that's probably too many for Roy Williams' liking. Uh, your thoughts there? Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and part of it is the shots they were taking. Um, you know, they, they take a lot of threes and some of them are from very strange angles and very strange places. And if you're not a good rebounder outside of your area, um, it's very hard to get those. And, you know, they carry them all kinds of ways off the rim. So part of it is just the, the shots that were taken. You know, it's hard. You can't really get in rebounding position for a 27 foot three from a, you know, uh, from a guy curling off of a screen. It's very difficult. So I think that's part of it. And the other thing is in the first half, I'm not going to say they got outworked because they played very hard, but it seemed like uh, Wofford just got a few of those 50, 50 balls. You always talk about in the second half, it didn't seem like that happened nearly as much. Um, and, you know, kind of the star of the game was, was Cameron Johnson in that respect. He ended up, you know, again, unofficially, with eight rebounds, five of them were offensive. So, um, you know, Roe Williams, if he's going to eventually play that small lineup, he demands that it will continue to rebound. And I think Cam Johnson had a great start in that regard. Yeah, you went Cam Johnson. I won't talk about him, but let, let me tell folks about heelstravel.com right fast. And I know I'm condensing these uh, advertisements for our sponsors, but Heels Travel is giving you an opportunity to go see Carolina and Kentucky. And Lord knows you're going to hear enough about Kentucky, especially if you're still watching TV as we record this and all through the year. But see Carolina and Kentucky, December 22nd, up in Chicago. You go RDU to Chicago, transportation to and from the airport to the hotel, and two nights in the Chicago Omni. It's a great chance to see Carolina, great chance to see Kentucky, blue blood, whether you like them or not, big-time college basketball game. And then be in Chicago at Christmas time, man. It's a cool place. HeelsTravel.com now, 336-855-0060 to book it. Sherelle, Cam Johnson's a guy we've talked about a lot. And being healthy, your thoughts on how he looked. He played well, without a doubt. Uh, His numbers are, if he plays and has those type numbers every night for North Carolina, they're going to be awfully tough. But your thoughts on what you saw from him physically i I thought he looked i thought he looked more uh fluid maybe than he did last year at times yeah i I agree with that and you know he's never going to look like nasir little as far as athleticism and those kind of things so it's going to be a little bit more subtle in what you see as far as him being healthy i think you saw it on um a couple of coming off the screens i think you saw it there it just looked like he had a little more lift. It looked like he was able to fight through some things better. Um, I think he saw it on, on a couple of those touch patches, touch passes he was in the air uh, when he threw them. So 
overall, I, I think you can tell it's not really going to jump off the page, so to speak, at you. But um, I, I do think it was there. And, you know, we talked about his shooting last year was the worst shooting year of his career. Um, his first at Carolina, I think he was around 34 percent and five for seven from three today. It, it looked kind of looked surprising when he missed the two that he missed because um, his shot in form just looked so pure. So. Uh, yeah, if North Carolina can get that out of him, you know, 17 points, five threes, eight rebounds, two assists, that's that's a pretty good day. We can't talk about everybody. These post-game podcasts are supposed to be quick, but we got to talk about Nasir Little. Uh, didn't start. We had that bet. Um, I can't remember who had who starting, but Little comes off the bench. Your thoughts on how he looked. I like his defense when he's in position, and his long arms certainly makes up for when he's not. But I thought he looked um, pretty solid. Uh, first game jitters maybe a little bit. Your thoughts? Yeah, and let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room because people are going to see that Nasir didn't start, and they're going to say, there goes Roy putting his shackles on somebody again. Or You know, that's, <laughs> that's what Roy Williams says. Um, and I don't think that's the case at all. I, I think – um, Coach Williams has a way that he does things, and you know we're not privy to all of the practices and all that stuff. Um, so there, I'm sure there's a reason Nasir didn't start. Maybe because he likes you know Cam's offense, or maybe he needs Nasir to come in and help lead the second team. Um, but you looked at uh, Kobe White's and one towards the end of the game. Uh, I thought it was pretty striking. The three players who were up and cheering were Seventh Woods, the guy who Kobe White replaced in the starting lineup, essentially. Nasir Little, the higher-ranked freshman um, with, you know, who's all everything and has all the accolades, and Leaky Black, one of his roommates. So to me, you know, you already start to see the chemistry, and I know that sounds cliche, but Nasir wants to win, and, you know, he wants to be a good basketball player, and he's going to do whatever the coaches ask of him um, if it helps the team win. And I think what he did tonight, he hit a – that three he hit was pretty big. Um I think, you know, Wofford has started to get some momentum. He comes down and casually hits a three. Um, he had a nice layup. He had a pull-up jumper. Um, those two blocks were important. So his minutes were were strong, and he was very efficient in those minutes, especially on the offensive end. And his defense was better, frankly, than I expected it to be. The entire team's defense, for the most part, was better than I expected it to be. So um, just I want to get that out there because – inevitably is going to come up, you know, is Mr. Little happy? Does he, did he feel like he made a mistake at Carolina because going to Carolina because he's not starting. And I can tell you the answers to both of those are no, because the kid is very different. Um, and I don't call him a kid to be demeaning. He's, you know, he's 18 years old, um, but he's different and he wants to win and he's going to do what North Carolina asks. And he understands North Carolina system. He understands what um, it entails and that's why he's there. So, um, I think that's important for people to note that, uh, you know, there's not going to be any discord because he's not starting or anything like that. Yeah, and folks need to listen to Sherelle speak about Mr. <laughs> Little. He knows what he's talking about. And you're right. And if if he starts during the season, great. If he doesn't, he's going to play a ton of meaningful minutes from the Carolina and for Roy Williams. And if whatever makes the team better, I agree with you. He's going to do and he's going to do without a problem at all. And, and, and that, you know, that's not, that's not something we just made up. That, that's something that his family, that he has said, you know, pretty much since Cam Johnson decided he was coming back. Uh, I guess that was in late March. So it's not, we're not making that up. It's not, not anything new. Um, this is who Nasir Little is. And uh, I think eventually he'll be starting in North Carolina, but right now he's not. And 
he's going to do what he's asked. You mentioned the defensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the court. I thought Carolina's defense on uh, Fletcher McGee and on, uh, I believe, Hoover, those guys, uh, you know, we talked about if Garrison Brooks scores 20 points a night, Carolina's going to be tough to beat. If Fletcher McGee shoots three for 16, Wofford's going to struggle. Um, yeah, I mean, and l- l- let me let me get it out because I was on a roll. Five, okay, five, five for 23 from McGee and Hoover. A lot They just missed some open shots, but a lot of that was some good Carolina perimeter defense. Yeah, and, you know, no disrespect to the McGee kid. And now, of course, everybody assumes he's going to say something bad because I said no disrespect. But it did get kind of annoying to keep hearing, like, oh, he never misses an open shot. I'm like, well, he just missed 10 of them in a row. Like, you know, I mean, he's a great player, obviously. You don't make that many threes in a season without being a good shooter. But I do think the length of North Carolina um, really started to bother him a little bit. Um, There were a couple that he did, frankly, just miss that were – frankly wide open i mean one time uh i think kobe white went under on a screen and he wasn't within six or seven feet of mcgee and he just missed it other times kenny williams was harassing him um he was all over the court running around doing whatever it took to kind of try and stay in front of him and then north carolina had multiple guys on him seventh was on him for a while i think leaky black was on him for a possession i think nasir even switched out on him one time and you know those guys go what six four six five six six and six seven and a half that's not the kind of opposition that uh, McGee's used to seeing in his conference. And um, I definitely think that bothered him and uh, him and Hoover. You know, it was interesting. I was listening on the radio pregame and Jones Angel or Dave Nathan, one of them said the stat that he had hit, McGee had hit 52 or 53 more free uh, three pointers already before this year mm-hmm. in his career than any Carolina player had ever hit at North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, think about that. That is ridiculous to see the difference in shooting. But I thought Carolina did a great job on him. He missed, like we said, he missed a plenty of open ones. But sometimes you rush those open ones when you're having to work so hard to get open and you know the defense is coming. Yeah, I mean, when you take 16 threes, you're probably going to make more than a lot of people when you're taking 16 a game. Not that he's necessarily taking 16 a game, but I don't know. I just efficiency matters as well. You know, it's all fine and dandy when you have a lot of numbers, but three for 16, I don't think really is helping your team. Exactly. Um, he's got so, he's got a Curry green light though. Oh Steph yeah, they, yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's never seen a yellow light or a red light. He he runs everything. <laughs> Um, but you know, again, he's he's going to be a great player. But it, part of it was North Carolina, and part of it, he just had an off night. Yeah, and I'm not going to knock him at all because I think he's ridiculous. And my one of my sons was going nuts at some of the stuff mm-hmm. he was shooting. But look, 21 points, three turnovers, and nothing else yeah. on the box score. That is a that is a shooter. Period. Yeah, definitely. So as we wrap this and get out of this, um, let's talk a. Uh, well, let's talk about what you want to talk about. Give me something that maybe you saw in that game that we haven't talked about that people um, on our message board are likely talking about right now. Oh, it's eight letters. Oh, eight letters. <laughs> Luke Terrible. May, man. I see. I've skipped him all the way. <laughs> you Luke can't May. skip Luke May. I mean, it's 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 comical. Like it, it's just amazing. He continues to do. This is the second year in a row. Um, you know, I had a friend, we were, you know, we talk and chat throughout the game. And they're like, Luke May has 24 points. Like, it's a quiet 24. And I'm like, 
that's what he does, you know, seven of 13, 50% from the field, you know, shot well from three, eight of nine from the free throw line, seven rebounds, three assists, 24 points. I mean, people, people fired up a lot of, uh, Luke May can't have as good as a season as he did last year because now he's not the best player on the team or now he's the fifth best player on the team, etc. And just comes out and drops 24 and seven very casually and very calmly. And, uh, you know, Ro Williams on the recruiting trail is trying his hardest to find a stretch, you know, hybrid forward to replace May because he's brought so much to North Carolina's offense that maybe it didn't have in previous years. So, uh, just continue to be amazed, and maybe I shouldn't be, but I continue to be amazed at how efficient and how well Luke May plays uh, offensively. So uh, I think that is huge. And then you look at the bot score, 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 73.3% from the free throw line. So North Carolina will take those numbers all day. It's 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 pretty rare, I think, that you would lose a game where you shoot 50, 40, and 73. So I think that was encouraging, um, especially for Luke May, eight for nine from the free throw line, because it's something he struggled with last year. Yeah, I was about to go uh, nine letters or 10 letters, eight for <laughs> nine on free throws for Luke May. He mm-hmm. does that. He, he shoots that percentage, and he's not going to shoot eight for nine every night. But if he shoots 80%, he's going to have Tyler Hansborough numbers because he's going to get there plenty. Yeah, and it just you know he has he has the outside game. He can drive it now on bigger fives. Uh, he just offensively, I think he's a complete package. All right, Carolina Wofford. Carolina goes to Wofford. Your thoughts on Carolina playing this game? Just as we get out of here, because it's been a big deal. Uh, Ross talked to the Wofford guys down there, and the Spartanburg said it's the biggest sporting event down there. I tweeted about it's Roy Williams does it to help these schools to get uh, interest generated towards them, those schools on the national level. And I just think it's cool. And I heard Roy Williams before the game, and he said, you know, this is what college basketball is sp- supposed to be about. So Carolina does it to Wofford. They're going to go to Elon. Your thoughts on that and how Coach Williams does that? Yeah, it's just such a different philosophy from what some other schools do where, you know, it's a lot of neutral site NBA arena games um it's just it's a different style i'm not saying you know one style is better than the other or one person is right or wrong but it's just it's very uh unique and i i for one i like it part of it is you know i grew up on coach smith and and the way he coached and you know home games for seniors and all that stuff so uh it was always cool like oh carolina plays at northern iowa or they play at cleveland state you know for whatever player they had coming from that region or a California game for a California player. Um, I think those are just unique things to the Carolina program. And I think it helps them stand out a little bit. And then, you know, it's not all altruism because for Roy Williams, that was a huge test for his team. And so he knows, I think a lot more about his team than a lot of people who are playing games this week will know about their teams just because um, they played, you know, a team they're more talented than more, more gifted than is what uh, Roy Williams would say but they played them in their arena a team that beat them last year. Um, so it, to me, it's a good thing. It's a positive. There really is no negative to it. And I think uh, that should be one of the things that you hope uh, will be carried on after coach Williams is gone, whenever that is um, that stays with North Carolina. Cause it's a thing that he got from coach Smith. And it's just kind of uh, one of those things you associate with Carolina basketball. Indeed you do. Carolina 78, Wofford 67. He'll start the season 1-0. and Go to Elon on Friday night. Sherelle, appreciate you joining me on a quick post-game pod, man. Thank you.
No problem. What, 36 or 37 more of these, hopefully? Yeah, we'll be doing a lot of them. I hope folks are listening by the end of the season, but they love Sherelle, so they'll always be here. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now.